Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What are shadow people? Are the good are they good, bad, or neither? Are they a new phenomenon? Hello and welcome to the six hundred and sixtieth edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and those shadowy questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. And this afternoon, we bring you a returning guest on the fascinating subject of shadow people. And as always, we welcome your phone calls. The numbers are 800-449-1240 from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, and 401-766-1240 locally. Also, we will monitor emails, paul at behindtheparanormal.com for emails. Adam Tomlinson wrote, produced, and co-stars in the recent film The Man in the Shadows, during which he says he learned a great deal about the shadow person phenomenon. Adam studied political science and archaeology at Wilfrid Laurier, interesting combination, eh, Ben? Yeah, right. At Wilfrid Laurier University in Waterloo, Ontario, uh, and law at the University of British Columbia. He, sc- he switched to script writing at Humber College in Toronto after realizing that Politics and law were not for him, and that Indiana Jones is just fiction. Writing led to a stint as a stand-up comic, which led to acting where he can be seen playing can be seen playing various local villains and a couple of good guys on seasons four and five of Sci-Fi's hidden camera series Scare Tactics. The website: themaninthashadows.ca. So, Adam Tomlinson, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, it's great having you back. So, the first words in the trailer for the film The Man in the Shadows say, Shadow people feed off of misery and our pain. And that's what parasites do. So, can you explain what your understanding of how they feed off, or or your understanding of how they feed off of human suffering? Well, that's that's it's a great question. And it's what I've noticed is that people who tend to have shadow people experiences uh, number one, people uh, who have mental disorders, uh, people who are on drugs, people who are depressed, and it just seems like, I mean, I can't say that they're a certain thing and they're actually feeding on, but it does seem to be strongly associated uh, with people who, and this isn't a very scientific kind of way of putting it, but it's the best way I can, it's people who give away their power. And that's just, it just sounds very, like, I, I, I try really hard to keep a very objective, materialist, kind of scientific uh, point of view when looking at all of this. But that's, it just seems so overwhelmingly odd that just people who are miserable tend to uh, see shadow people. And it, it ties in with old myths like vampires, Um you know, the vampires which are, you know, known for drinking blood. But what I've done, I've you know, found out through research that it just seems like that's more of a metaphor for just kind of, just sucking energy. And I have no explanation for why, but that just seems exactly what it is. And the fact that more and more people are seeing shadow people, there's many, many potential explanations but one of them that's at least a correlation is just that, you know, if, if you just look at um, uh, the, the political race in the United States right now, if you look at all these disenchanted Trump supporters and Bernie Sanders supporters, it's just like no one's happy right now. There's seven yeah, billion tell people us about in the it. world. And it's, and so it's you're, you're safely up in Canada, so. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you get to I mean, watch it's not that distance. much different here. But, um, well, it, our it, politics it, is much more interesting than yours, I must say, having lived there. Oh, 
Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. But at the same time, I think it would be a mistake to say that they're completely different. It is the same, the same old story with, um, you know, the people in power consolidating their power and the people at the bottom. You know, especially if you look at the millennial generation right now, everyone calls them selfish and self-centered, but we're leaving them like a broke, polluted planet with mm. very little hope for the future. And it just seems like shadow people, if if it isn't a real thing, it's a perfect metaphor. At the very least, it's a wonderful metaphor for everything that's Ab- Absolutely, yeah. Well, I, I just maybe Ben, if I could just step on your lines for a minute, maybe we should not okay. Should, okay, well, I'm we'll, kidding. We'll, uh, go go for on it. the parking lot later. <laughs> All right, uh, it's a matter of I, I would have just made a note to ask you about vampires because the metaphor is is I think a perfect one. And we deal with these what we call parasites all the time. And the the, the term shadow person, as maybe you know differently, but as as far as 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 I understand it, was coined by Heidi Hollis, um, yep. not all that many years ago. But it's it, it represents uh, what would you say uh, sort of sort of sh- literally like living shadows or moving shadows or or, or three dimensional shadows. How would you describe a shadow person? Um. Well, that, that's the that's the trillion dollar question, really. Um, <laughs> in terms of the actual experience, a shadow person is functionally indistinguishable from an, a regular person. Like at the moment when someone is seeing a shadow person, it's just a person. It's it's not just a shadow. It's not anything. It's it's, it's a person, um, which makes the hallucination um, explanation. Uh, at least intriguing because a hallucination basically just hijacks the same senses that we use in ordinary perception. So it, you can't tell a hallucination. It's not an imagination. It's impossible to imagine something with remotely the same detail as a shadow person. So uh, what is it? I mean, that's that's what's so fascinating about this. No one has any idea. I, there's people who will claim to, but I can tell you nobody knows. Well, we we uh, often have guests who discuss well, not often, but sometimes discuss this subject, and there are varying opinions, as you as you know. Uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, I'm thinking of too, who who believes that these are, uh, and she knows a lot about the jinn, this sort of thing. But again, these these are relative terms, I think, that these shadow people are j- pretty much always uh, evil, whatever that may mean, in in our uh, subjective sense of of that word. Um, so, I mean, it's, it really is anyone's guess. Um, have you noticed physical characteristics among shadow people? In other words, can you touch them? Can you uh, push against them and have them push back, like happened to me in a poltergeist case? That kind of thing. Have you have that? Has that ever come up in your in your research? Well, that's um, what I've found, and this correlates. I had one shadow person experience, and that's. I don't take that as evidence of anything. I mean, there's nothing that to me just credits someone more than saying, I saw it, therefore that's proof something exists. Yeah, tell me about it. You know what I mean? It's a small small sliver of evidence that collectively could mean something. But, um, uh, sorry, what was the question? (laughs) Oh, no, in the sense, have you noticed physical characteristics? Oh, yeah. So it tends to just be there's often a hat, um, one of the odd things is when people try to describe the face of a shadow person or a man in a hat, there's almost no detail concerning face. I'll sometimes hear about 
Uh, they'll have red eyes or yellow eyes. But other than that, there's nothing. It's just sort of an outline. I hear the expression blacker than black used over and over. Mm. Um, but, yeah, but the, the funny thing, though, is, though, um, like, for, for at least the, the man in the hat, there are a number of shadow people archetypes, but the man in the hat, to me, it's just so specific that people, you know, even people who've probably never seen someone wearing a trench coat or a fedora, picture that. Yeah. And that's what's so fascinating. Well, wait a minute, I wear one now on that, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I get I get what you're saying. You know, it's funny. Uh, one of the, um, you know, we're, if we branch out a little bit from the featureless dark figure, we might arrive at at more labels, maybe depending on the the context of the experience, such as Mothman, you know, or some of the archetypes. One of which I ran into in a case in 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 Canada in the 19th, actually twice. Uh, with the man in the checkered shirt ran into that in Montreal, and one time oh, really? in Ottawa as well. Yeah, and um, That's very Canadian. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, very Canadian. <laughs> very Canadian. Well, it's interesting. You know, our our colleague Shane Searway, uh, whom maybe you've heard on the show, he's he's an up and coming investigator. Good combination of a feet on the ground investigator and a uh, Blackfoot shaman. Uh, had a an experience of the uh, man in, uh, in the case of the man in the checkered shirt, but the shirt was had had colored like plaid. Mine was strictly gray and white. Very interesting. He saw it in color, and I didn't. Oh, yeah, our producer, oh, wow. uh, Josh, pointed that out to us, who I am currently sitting in for him, but he made a very good point. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, he was like, were they both the same things? You guys said you both saw yeah. man in the checkered shirt. When you both described them, they were different. So, Adam, do you think that perhaps our our label, our designation for a particular phenomenon depends on the context in which we experience it, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um but at the same time, I think it's really neat that, um, you know, if there was some explanation, like say uh, they're from another dimension or whatever, like why would we just see the man in the hat or the checkered person from that dimension and not like one of their vegetables or not like one of their school teachers? Well, sometimes people you know, do. They'll see whole rooms. Right, kind of right. But, but it is rare. You're right. Yeah, it, but it, they do seem to like fall into very specific uh, archetypes, um, and that gets back into um, you know we were talking about like what is evil, like that gets into like Jungian um, uh, psychology. I was just going to bring up like, Carl Jung. <laughs> yeah, where he talks about you know the shadow inside us, which is um, similar to Freud's id. I think id is the right one. Yeah, um, but it, it's just that like there's a darkness inside us that we project to other people, and that's what defines evil. Which I'm not, I don't completely agree with, but um, uh, it, it is like uh, it's it's just fascinating, like just how it all comes together from all these different disciplines. That's Everyone true. Sort of has the same idea. You know, some years ago, I once actually lost a whole night's sleep thinking about Jung's concept of of this darkness within, and it. it it later came together, I think, with, with uh, and I'd be interested in your comment on this, with some of the uh, quantum physical ideas about the parallel realities and the, the nature of life within the multiverse, if that is true. We tend to think it is. But the uh, when you see a shadow person and nothing else in that world, two things may be happening, and I'd like to get your, your take on this. You may be seeing it as a shadow because you're looking through the membrane, or B-R-A-N-E, as physicists would call it, of right. a parallel reality. Or And 
you may be seeing this shadow person because it is a facet of yourself in a real and concrete sense that this is a version of you in this parallel reality. What do you think of those ideas? Well, I, I think that sounds um, that sounds really intriguing, but I think where that um, explanation falls short is exactly where every other explanation falls short. And then it's like, why is it always a guy in a trench coat and with a hat? You know, if I'm seeing a version of myself... You know, well, maybe it just um, looks like why, a trench coat and a hat because of the brain. I don't know. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it's possible, and that, and all that, and that, it touches on what I think that's a really intriguing explanation, and I think the fact that it always shows up as a hat man or something, it doesn't mean that explanation is wrong. It just means there's something about it we still need to understand. Like maybe oh, that's yeah. just how how we filter it. Yeah, maybe so that's how sure. We perceive it, sure. You know, because it's like, uh, you know, we, and then that's. Uh, one of the difficult things of attempting to understand all this as a human being, we have very limited senses. We're bags of water designed to walk around and eat berries. You know, it's possible that we're just not equipped to understand this in the same way a dog isn't equipped to program a computer. Very true. Just, yeah. You know, it's like yeah. maybe we just can't do it. That's that's a that's an interesting point. So, what research did you do uh, to for preparation for this film, and what sources did you use? Well, I started out um, exactly like I'm sure everyone else did. I I typed in hat plus man plus shadows into Google. And this was following one of my own experiences and a conversation I had a f- with a friend who just out of the blue told me about his own experience. And at that point, I didn't know anything. I felt like I was in a horror movie. I'm sitting there having a beer with my buddy, and he's like, yeah, I saw this man in a hat. And I'm like, oh, my God, I saw that, too. So I went home, Googled it, and I remember there's like 77 million hits. So I went to Wikipedia, and it says, um, blah, 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 sleep paralysis. The answer is sleep paralysis. And I'm like, okay. Dur, dur, dur. And, um, and But what was interesting is there was nothing beyond the basic sleep paralysis explanation, which I think is kind of useless, as, and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of anecdotes. But I went on, you know, all the databases, JSTOR and, uh, you know, um, uh, what uh, Questia, all these kind of things, and there was nothing. I was shocked. I mean, you can research anything. You can research mouse pads and find a million articles on those pads, but there was nothing on this. And I was just shocked because to me, this is one of the most interesting topics I've ever come up against. So the research process then was just finding uh, very odd books, like uh, uh, Laura Knight Jasnick wrote a book called High Strangeness, and then I started reading like David Icke stuff. And the, and the beauty of coming at it from a, a a perspective of fiction is I didn't care what's right or wrong. I just wanted different points of view. And, um, you know, so I went for this, and I'm reading 300 pages on someone's conversation with extra, you know, from creatures from a higher dimension, and it's just gibberish, and it's, it's nothing. But within all that, there is some kind of wisdom. And then from there, I just uh, found more scientific avenues to pursue, which, I mean, I'm not a scientist, so it took a lot of work. It took a lot of time, um, just kind of uh, trying to understand everything. But it was a very roundabout process. And the problem is 
there are people who are the true believers in shadow people, and they're like, yes, this proves science is wrong. And then there's scientists who are like, well, I'm not even going to touch this. But there's no one in the middle looking at it just objectively. Okay. Uh, you're just in time for a caller here, I think. Uh, once Ben puts him through. Uh, yeah, the whole, uh, the whole concept is really wide open, I think, at this point. And, uh, yeah. we'll get our guest here in a second, our caller. Oh dear. Oh well. Sorry, Bill. Give, give, give us a call back. This, yeah. uh, the whole button is a little, little finicky sometimes. So uh, just give us a call back, Bill. He'll call us back. So, um, in any case, um, t- take the moment to tell us about the film and what prompted you obviously you were prompted by your interest in the subject but what what's the film about how how can we uh find out more about it well what i wanted to do with the movie is it it actually flowed from a conversation i was having in a coffee shop with a friend when i was just thinking about writing it uh, and i was talking about having a conversation a lot like the one we're having right now and there was some guy just on a table just like eyeing and after the conversation, he just came up to me and he's like, they'll ruin your life. They'll take your money. And he went off and he was saying all these things. And I was like, that's what the movie is about. It's not just about the shadow people. It's about how it affects everything else and how it just, it does ruin your life. You're living in constant fear, it affects, you know, that it can affect relationships. Seen it happen, the, yeah. And the thing about, like, this guy is he's not the person who's going online and writing about their experiences and being like, oh, my God, guys, this is the weird thing that happened to me. What do you think? Um, it's almost impossible. Like, if my goal in life was to talk to someone like that about shadow people, I might not have accomplished it, but it yeah. just kind of happened. And then I was like, yes, this is the guy who the movie's about. It's, it's about a regular girl who's a millennial a photographer, you know, wants to you know, just like struggling with life like everybody else and just a normal person and has a shadow person experience and then has another and just becomes obsessed with finding out what it is before it destroys her. So it's about what it's like to actually live with this. It's a, it's a very personal kind of character-based story. Okay. We'll get into that in a minute, but we do have our caller back. That's Bill from Franklin, right. Massachusetts. Uh, Bill, welcome to the show. Hello. You're on with Adam Hi. Tomlinson. Hi. Hey, Bill. Hi. I had something that uh, happened to me uh, this morning. I, I was sitting at the uh, kitchen table having, having coffee, and, and I'm all alone in this house. And, and I heard voices in the in the next room, very loud, not 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 unsimilar to my mother, maybe, but I d- didn't know what they were saying. But they were very loud, and they, they came up out of nowhere, and and after like uh, a, a 15 seconds, it faded away again. You didn't see wow. any shadow people, though. Go uh, ahead, Adam. No, I didn't see anybody, but but yeah. the voices were loud. Um, did they say anything in particular? I, I couldn't. I couldn't make out the, make out the words, but it was uh, somebody talking. Somebody talking to somebody else about something. Well, that sounds to me like an auditory hallucination. That um, it might be a good idea to see a doctor about. Um, but then again, I would have said the same thing about shadow people. I'm not. Re- I'm not really sure if I'm qualified to comment on that. Actually, um, well, you know, how, 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 you, how other- are you doing? How are you feeling? I've had other other things happen, like you know, I've had you know, like deja vu things happen occasionally. Yeah, well, no, our our opinion, Bill, you you know pretty well because I know you listen to the show uh, and call in now and then. Um, you th- there are times, and Adam, maybe you uh, will agree with this, that when you're on the cusp of sleep, 
either going in or coming out of it, it's very common to hear things. And sometimes it sounds like it's right next to your ear, and you know, it's really just one of those things. I but, thought you were going to say that. <laughs> but uh, well, no, but but yeah. I mean, you you were wide awake in yeah, your, yeah in your kitchen, so that wasn't the case. I, I did have a very strange dream before that. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay. But, There's always I, more I, to I, it, isn't there, Adam? Something about well, the yeah. I mean, the, the shadow uh, person experience I had came from a dream. It started with a nightmare. I'm having a nightmare about a man in a hat. It was very scary, but otherwise fairly typical. And then I woke up, and he was there. Okay. This was like and, a, um, mine was like a, you know, slimy, slimy creatures all over the place and like that. And I, and I don't, I don't like slimy things. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, yeah, no. Who does? But um, you, you're talking about like the, the cusp of sleep kind of thing. Oh yeah. Um, you know, that, and that's what gets to the, the sleep paralysis. And the reason people love the sleep paralysis explanation is because it sounds very scientific and mm. you get to say words like hypnagogic. Oh, it's a hypnagogic dream. And that sounds very sciencey. But, um, but at the end of the day, I think it's more of a correlation than a causation because, you know, falling asleep is not connected to the parts of the brain that are dealing with perception. You know, it's a, it's a very base level thing is like per, sleep paralysis. It just turns off your body. There's no way that that can actually cause this to happen. But I think it does make you more susceptible. And that gets back into what I was talking about earlier about giving away your power. Falling asleep is in the same way a lot like getting drunk or having a mental disorder um, in that we're just open to things. Yeah. Okay. I thought All it was... Right. Um, I thought it was like like, the, like maybe the TV came on briefly or something, but I walked in there and the, and, t- and the TV was off and everything. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's that's fascinating, and um, you know that that could get into. And this is where people would usually be like, "Oh, maybe it's a ghost or something like that." And I, I know nothing about that. No, um, well, you know, other than what I've just found out no, in the course of this research. Ghost, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bill. Well. Um, okay. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling in, and Thanks, uh, hang in there, kid. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, Adam. It's uh, you know it really is anyone's guess. Uh, most of these things, people. There's, there's a, a saying that uh, there are no experts in this field, just people with interesting ideas. You know. So, oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But the vampire thing uh, is. I, I want to go back to that for a minute because. Um, okay. Have you, in your experience, uh, either what's happened to you or what what happened to those uh, from whom you learned about this field, uh, had what might be called vampire experiences things um uh, as you say uh sort of sucking off the life uh and have uh bad things resulted from it such as chronic fatigue syndrome that kind of thing that that we run into what what what's been the result of that sort of feeding if you will uh well it's it's just what you said it's it's uh, it's fatigue and um i think another uh, archetype uh, the old hag um, yeah, probably ties into the uh, the vampire myth too, uh, which, uh, for those who don't know, is um, usually an old woman sitting on the victim's chest and suffocating them and uh, uh, taking their air, which again is so similar to blood or life force or what have you, however you want to describe it. But I think um, my guess would be that the whole vampire myth arose from people trying to describe this um, in, in the most effective way possible. And then someone probably is like, it's like someone sucking your blood. And then someone's like, hey, that would be a good, uh, that would be a good, you, you know, monster or something like that. Yeah, the blood is but the I, life. I, I, 
but I think again, it's um, you know, it's just it's just a, a metaphor for the larger, um, the wider, broader shadow people tag kind of thing. Okay. Now, can you give us? Well, we have our break coming up, but uh, before we take our break, I'll just put this thought in in your in your bonnet there, Adam. Uh, can you think about some some cases that you ran into in your research, or that have happened to you, or that have happened to people you know, uh, that would illustrate everything we've said? Shadow person experiences. What what are the commonalities? What may be the differences or contrasts? So uh, okay. we'll talk about that when we come back from our break. Uh, it, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back with Adam Tomlinson. Pat Patriot is coming back to Autumn Fest. For the second year in a row, the official mascot of the New England Patriots, Pat Patriot, is coming to Autumn Fest. Pat Patriot will join us at the WOON broadcast location inside World War II Veterans Memorial Park on Sunday, October 9th from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Pat Patriot will be available for autographs and pictures with you for free. Pat Patriot was very popular last year with the kids and with the adults. So don't miss your opportunity this year to get up close and personal with Pat Patriot. Our thanks to Cardi's Furniture for making it possible to bring Pat Patriot back to Autumn Fest. Visit Cardi's Furniture online at cardies.com. Sunday, October 9th from 3 to 5 p.m. Join WON and Pat Patriot at Autumn Fest. And here we are behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno and our special guest on the subject of shadow people, Adam Tomlinson, filmmaker extraordinaire. So Adam, uh, if you had a chance to think about the question we posed before the break, uh, can mm-hmm. you give us some examples? Well, I was, uh, I got an email, uh, from uh, a lady after uh, I appeared on something and it's it's just amazing how similar all these things are. Um, but what she was adding was just that there's like a certain coldness to it and a certain uh, just like an electric feel that uh, just. Um, no, let me get to actually the, 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 the things that are consistent. Number one, and this is amazing. It's almost everyone says there's a sense of evil. That, sense of evil. That okay. person means me harm. Uh, the most mundane um, I, I've heard is that they're neutral. It's all, it almost seems like it's unbelievable. Everyone's like, this is an evil person. And some of that could just be like the natural feeling you get seeing a stranger in your room or whatever. But um, that's, that's just something that's really hard to describe because it's, it's, it's a sense. It's not something that people get from any specific piece of information. It's just one of those evolutionary sort of things that we can just do. Uh, another thing that I found extremely odd is um, there are so many stories where dogs are involved hmm. and dogs start going crazy. It almost got to a point where I thought shadow people are things that haunt dogs and people sometimes do. Because it's like, I heard so many stories and it's like, oh, I have a dog. His name is Rover. He, he's always quiet, but this one night... Rover starts going crazy, and the next thing I know, I saw a shadow person. So that is, what, what, what I think is interesting about that, it um, suggests that it isn't just something to do with the individual. It's something that's, you know, out there, apart from us. Um, it, there's all, it also is, 
uh, amazing that so many of these stories seem to be centered in New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, and Colorado, which huh. are the exact same places where you hear all these alien abduction stories. And it's and it's people who don't even care about aliens. It's, it's not even on their radar. It's just that's just where all these people seem to be, which suggests that there's some sort of uh, geological um, explanation that might have something to do with it, whether it be ley lines or you know crystalline mountains. Um, you know who who really knows, but um, but yeah, I, I think that's really peculiar too because um, it just it just fits in with all the other. Um, you, know, you know, paranormal things. I've uh, I, I, I just started really. The more I think about this, I, I just started um, thinking that there's a unified. There has to be a unified theory to explain all this. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I feel like there's got to be like one thing. I find it impossible to believe that there's like a hundred separate things we just don't know about. I agree. Yeah, I think we agree. No, no, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's funny you bring up the term alien, uh, Adam, because uh, I had written that down as another little point to ask you about. Because right. um, do people ever mention that term? In other words, they, they'll refer to these as people, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I know when I've dealt with, with parasites, that they come across as, the best word I could think of was sterile. They just seem totally alien to me right. anyway. And, and I haven't had really too many shadow person experiences in the classic sense maybe. But do people use the term alien? Do, do they feel as though these are... Alien beings in in the broadest dictionary sense of the term. You know what? That's a great question because the answer, amazingly, is no. Huh. I've never heard someone say that. But it's this, the experiences are so similar. Where you hear alien abduction stories, and it's always like, "I woke up, there's an alien standing over my bed." It's the exact same thing as the shadow person, but no one really makes that connection. It's not until people start thinking about it and they start thinking about, um, you know, parallel universes, higher dimensions, that kind of thing, where they start at least uh, make connecting those dots. But for the the common experience, that's not a, a connection most people draw. And it's kind of funny because um, that might be, like, the first thing you would think about. I thought it was but really interesting... Different. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sorry, step over you. So I, I thought it was really interesting when we were at um, the Exeter UFO Festival not too long ago. I believe while you were giving your talk, uh, someone someone came up to our table and looked at our looked at our books and were like, "So why are you here? <laughs> what 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 did ghosts have to do with with UFOs and aliens and stuff?" And I was just like, uh, "I mean, they're... I guess they weren't listening to my talk." I, no, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting how people separate those two fields in their minds, and they're like, oh, well, the paranormal is just something entirely different, and you have extraterrestrials, aliens, UFOs, they're just they're in, they're in a field by themselves, pardon the pun. And I think, I think it's very interesting that we're trying to bridge that gap, and there's right. a lot of very similar experiences and a lot of parallels that we can draw, but it's, as you said, Adam, that the dots are not being connected. Well, one thing that that is happening in this very interesting Pennsylvania case, uh, Ben's coming out with us next time, but we've been there twice, we being Shane, Searway, and myself, and you've got Bigfoot, you've got UFOs, mm-hmm. you've got the military nosing around, and you have a house that is having trouble with shadow people. And every night over this house, there are strange lights. You know, we, we mm-hmm. have photographs of some of the lights. And uh, so it may be a step toward 
some sort of connection. So um, I, I, I wanted to remember, as a matter of fact, if you're really interested, Adam, to maybe consult with you as we go on that particular case. Uh, oh, for sure. If you'd like to find out about that more. So uh, I think that there, there may be a unified theory that these things really are, are connected. So the... Um, the, the 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 I'm looking at what uh, huh other notes I had here for you. Um, they seem to be very common phenomenon, uh, a very yeah. common phenomenon uh, from the the number of hits you describe on some of these websites and, and the number of uh, people who report these things. Um, one of the things we sometimes wonder about is how many of these things are not reported and are not put into the quote-unquote statistics for this particular phenomenon. Uh, judging from your experience. What percentage of the population would you say has shadow people experiences if you could take a ballpark shot? I, I would say at least 10%. Just based uh-huh. on just telling people about the movie, like, it, it gets to a point where I'm just like, it's about you know what I'm talking about. Because it's worth asking the question because chances are they do. Whether it's from a personal experience or knowing someone else, everybody seems to have one of these conversations or, you know, one of these experiences. And I think one of the reasons it's just coming out now uh, is because of the Internet, because of the anonymity. Mm. People can just say, oh, guess what? This happened to me. Like, can you imagine, like, the 1950s going up to someone and just saying, yeah, I saw, <laughs> you know, they'd be like, you have a demon, you have to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's right. like you could never say it. I mean, when I had that conversation with my friend, it was one of my best friends. We were having, like, a deep heart-to-heart conversation, and only then could he be like, okay, this is what happened to me. Um, but I think uh, I think it's a lot. And another reason why it could be happening more, and this is um, getting more towards the scientific uh, uh, point of view, it's um, uh, just all the electromagnetism in the air. You know, there's there's been experiences like we talked about this last time with uh, Dr. Persinger, who's uh, you know his God helmet experiences. Yeah, right. Um, put, putting you know electromagnetic uh, waves uh, with a specific frequency into someone's head, just like very mild uh, clock radio, um, you know, level, and it induces you know hallucinations or feelings. And I mean, if you like, I'm just looking at my window right now. There's streetcars. I've got a computer in front of me. I'm being bombarded with all this uh, electromagnetic radiation that is affecting my brain somehow. But no one knows how. It's like this huge experiment that's electro pollution. Yeah, that's so, very, very I mean, true. That, that that could, um, whether or not it causes it or makes us more susceptible to it, I would think it's probably just makes us more susceptible. But it's just. Um, you know, I think it's it's probably going to get more and more common as, um, you know, just, um, you know, like if people, like, lose hope, you know, maybe there's, like, another economic downturn or something like that and everybody's miserable and there's more electromagnetic uh, energy and uh, there's more surveillance and everyone's being watched and it's just, you know, we kind of uh, lose a little bit of our humanity and become, I don't know how and I don't know why, but that's, just seems to be when people seem to have these experiences. Yeah, it really does ring ring true, uh, Adam. I think that one of the, especially the point about electromagnetic fields and electropollution, as, as it's called, and that's still being researched. No one really knows. And, of course, as we all know, there's too much money at stake for them to say, oh, you know, these things are going to you know, really hurt you and all. But the uh, other questions arise, too. Um, 
taking that point and broadening it, an astronomer or several astronomers have have told me that we have a uh, and this is well known we have, we have a flattening of the galactic plane uh, in the whole galactic neighborhood and everything, everything's kind of flattened out, which happens only about every six hundred million years, and uh, that allows uh, electromagnetic fields to go blasting through the whole neighborhood galactically speaking and that that can't be helping uh this whole situation right. either so th- these oh, are, God, these are yeah. all possibilities because um what if if this multiverse thing is true the boundaries tend to be electromagnetic so and then, then the question as, as you bring up also uh is maybe there's just more information flow well there is more information flow uh, to mm-hmm. the point where these things may seem more common um Ten percent seems a little, a little bit low. Um, do you think it might be higher, or are you just being conservative? Um, no, I'm just being conservative. I okay. think it's higher. All right. Um, but um, yeah, like I think it's quite possible that it's a hundred percent. It's and, always good uh, to be cautious. Yeah. Um, no, I, I would say ten because, um, like, even when I was a kid, I'd have a recurring nightmare about um, a wolf. And it would be in the basement, and every time I, it would be preceded by this sawing logs noise, I'd run up the stairs and just become paralyzed. You know, I couldn't move. And, um, you know, it was just like, it's a wolf nightmare. You know, I told the kid across the street that a wolf lives in his basement, too, and his mom was furious. But anyway. I don't blame um, But you, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's that kind of thing which could be connected because it was so similar to the dream that ultimately resulted in seeing, a, a, you know, a shadow person while waking. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's um, and it's it's the kind of thing. Like, if I didn't know those shadow people, I might have not have I identified it like that. But um, yeah, it's um, you know, even if ten percent is the answer, it's a, an enormously high number. Yes, it is. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, so uh, it's um, yeah. And I'm just like, I just don't understand why this. Why everybody isn't talking about this? Yeah, well, a lot you of know, people are, was, I guess. Yeah. So, Adam, what is this? Just, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying it just exists so far outside the boundaries of normal human experience um, that uh, I think that's just why people just put it aside. It's just like you know what, this is too complicated. I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, and, that um, happens. And it's just uh, through making this film and uh, writing the script. Um, I was just, you know, just because I want to do my job well, I became, you know, kind of obsessed with this. I need to know the answer. I can't make a movie about this if I don't know the answer. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's many years later, I'm still here looking for the answers. Well, we all are. Indeed. What is the... Yeah. Ben? Oh, well, I, I was going to say, speaking this uh, what you just said sort of leads into my question, which is, did anything weird happen on set? Um, no. Uh, Heidi Hollis, uh, I talked to her. She said that... Um, she tried to make a movie, and tons of weird stuff happened. Although, I was talking to the director, Josh uh, Freeman, and uh, just recently when we uh, recorded our audio commentary for the movie, and he said he was just on set somewhere, and he saw a shadow person, but he was like, oh, I made a movie about you. I don't need to be scared about you, you know? Well, that's and um, so that, that was kind of interesting. It's just like the awareness of it. Um, was empowering, and as knowledge should be. Yeah, but, um, true. yeah. That was. Uh, we also almost uh, we were in a cottage that um, we thought was slipping off uh, uh, the side of a cliff into <laughs> a lake, 
But uh, it was actually just there was like five feet of snow on the roof, and uh, with the heat from the uh, wood stove, it just all slid off. And <laughs> it, was, it was like, what is going on? The entire cottage is the shape during the middle of a, a shoot. But um, no, no, uh, I, I, I wish. I kind of wish someone, uh, I wish a shadow person walked through the middle of our set and I could talk about it. But, so uh, so um, what, what is the storyline of the film, and when will it be released? Um, it's going to be released on November 1st um, on DVD through a, uh, a site called Fan Expo. And what we're trying Fan to do Fan Expo, is okay. Fan Expo, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll email you guys. Uh, Great, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll put it on our website. Thank you. So, um, but yeah, um, so what we're basically trying to do is, is make it an event, you know, provide more than just the DVD commentary, you know, like, uh, we've got a really, really cool t-shirts, um, I'm writing a novel that I'm going to put, uh, uh, put in it too, and, and it's just, um, a necessary result of the fact, like, I get it, people don't buy DVDs a lot anymore, but we're going to try to make it like a package, something that, you know, could be like a Christmas present or whatever, like something yeah. that's like, make it special. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the movie is a, it, it's very uh, autobiographical um, the movie starts with uh, my experience basically it's the lead character having a nightmare um, in her case it's a female millennial um, and she's having a dream about having a baby being pregnant and a shadow person delivering the baby and it's just a horrible uh, you know, a demon baby, basically, and she wakes up and a shadow person is there and it's, you know, it, it's terrifying. Um, but the reason, and then it starts affecting her life. Um, she's recently married, uh, is terrified of having sex because of this, and that affects her marriage. And that's something I got from researching schizophrenia, that people with schizophrenia have this uh, strong aversion to sex, and I was thinking well, that would be a, a good conflict for the movie. And then it just becomes, it's so much like my experience. She uh, tries to learn about this, uh, Googles it. Her husband's a lawyer. He's like, oh, no, there's got to be a scientific explanation. And she eventually meets a man played by me who is a shadow people, you know, a true believer, a, a Fox Mulder kind of type. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and eventually uh, she's just like, I have to meet this head on. And uh, they address the uh, issue through hypnosis. And uh, uh, But it, it's really, I really wanted it to be uh, something that people could watch and afterwards they're like, oh, my God, this could happen to me. Um, just because it's like a, it's a thriller. I want it, I want it to be scary. And to me, there's nothing scarier than knowledge and just knowing like this is a normal person and this is what happens when you go from being a normal person to that crazy guy in the coffee shop I was talking about earlier. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. That does sound really cool. I'd watch that. Are you planning on submitting it to festivals too? Uh, we, we already did our festival run. Uh, nice. So we did that last year. So, um, yeah, we, uh, we had a nice little run there. And, um, but yeah, that's, um, that's what I really wanted it to be. Just like, what is it like when this happens? So it's, it's not just, you know, like, uh, uh, it was actually kind of difficult, like, kind of like, uh, in the preliminary stages where I was like, okay, what is, it's going to be like a, a hat man running around, you know, like cutting people up. Like that's not real, and it's not interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I wanted it to be like 
this is this is what it is, guys. This this is it. This is what happens when this kind of takes over your life. So, Adam, what is your next step? Obviously, you said you're going to work on a book. Uh, what is your next step as far as research is concerned? Are you still looking for information? Oh, I'm constantly looking for information. Um, this is, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely ongoing. Um, I really stepped it up, actually, um, after we finished filming. I was like, okay, um, I want to make a sequel. I want to make a TV series. I want to write a book. So I actually found myself in Roswell, New Mexico, uh, about a month later uh, for a film festival, uh, for a short film that was completely unconnected to the, uh, to the Man in the Shadows, which was the film I made. And I just had like four days to spend in the Alien Research Center um, just reading books, just like plowing through books. And the, the beauty about that was these books aren't available online. You can't just go into Google Books and get these. Like, they're very kind of rare sort of things. So I just sat there, and I just sort of um, got the ball rolling again. And basically every day I learned something new about this. Hmm. What about your cast members? Have they... Can they can they report? Is this real to them? If they can, do any of them report uh, having had shadow person experiences at any point, or paranormal experiences uh, in general? Well, actually, um, our lead uh, Sarah Jurgens, she plays uh, Rachel, who uh, all this happens to. Um, she told me that she hasn't necessarily had a shadow person experience, but she's had uh, reoccurring nightmares about being pregnant, which is oh, like like the character know, she plays. Sorry, uh, much like the character she plays in this. Oh, sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, the, the, the similarity of dreams is just fascinating. Um, how uh, different people have the same dreams. I mean, I was sitting around with four friends fairly recently, and we were all talking about how we've all had the exact same dream about how we're in high school and still have to write an exam. And it's just like, and you can say, okay, fine, that's, you know, fairly realistic. We all have stress about high school and exams. But it's like all four of us, and we're all, yeah. you know, well out of the university. Um, so, again, it's almost like an archetypal sort of thing. Yeah, that's true. Ben and I have um, the same dreams. Or, or maybe they're, they're, they're not just dreams. Well, I mean, that, that there has to be something to that. There has to be some kind of collective consciousness, whatever that means, that explains how these archetypes are archetypes. You know, uh, um, uh, Dr. Persinger argued that um, the reason people would see, say, Jesus at the end of life uh, is because there's the, the image of Jesus is out there. We all have, a, we can all picture um, what that what he might look like. Uh, and the argument would be, well, it's just to make the the death process easier, which number one flies in the face of everything we know about evolution. Precisely. But number, but number number two, um, with the shadow people and the hat man, there is no archetype. It's it's just people just see that. It's not like you look at a, a picture of a man in a hat every day and have a dream about that. That makes sense. It just comes out of nowhere. But it has to. It can't come out of nowhere. It has to come out of somewhere. Well, that's true. It's like in sociology, every, every great, well, every civilization, every people for the last, well, since we've existed, have had the same four fears among every single culture, which is fear of heights, fear of snakes, fear of spiders, and uh, fear of dying. I believe. So, I'm although, 
all those same all those same four fears that are the top fears of every culture have existed forever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, oh, I heard. Um, uh, I, I was reading about uh, nightmares and uh, wolves. You know, uh, lots of kids have nightmares about wolves. I, I did. And you know, if you think like again, evolution from evolution. Well, a nightmare could just be practice. You know what I mean? Like if a wolf is something that you have to deal with in life, if you have a nightmare about being chased by a wolf, that's practice and that's good. Um, but. We don't have to deal with wolves anymore. They're not a problem. Not most of us. In a, in a major city. But kids still have a dream about that. So it's like, it, it's almost like a, an evolutionary kind of relic. Yeah. But it, it's, um, and, and, and it's not really, it sounds kind of like out there that there's like a collective consciousness, but it's not really. It's just, is our consciousness localized in our head or is it also outside of our head? It's no, non-locality. The physics of consciousness is pointing toward non-locality now. Exactly, exactly. And it, but to me, it's not that groundbreaking. It's the, it's like breathing. We breathe. We use oxygen that's out in the air. You know. Yeah. Um, so why wouldn't we use the, you know, the electromagnetic soup that's surrounding us as part of memory and part of thinking and part of emotion? Sure. Well, it's a blow to mainstream science, really, more than anything else. Well, mainstream science is changing. That's some true. of it, anyway, some because of it, they yes. don't talk. The f- different fields often don't talk to each other, which is a problem. But uh, just, just a very, very quick final question, uh, Adam. After this mm-hmm. fascinating conversation, the 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 shadow person phenomenon is. Am I wrong? Am I wrong in saying that it's not new? Only the term is new, and that the experience goes way back into human consciousness or oh, in absolutely, history. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it it, it it can't be new. And, you know, you look back, and again, like, uh, you, you mentioned jinn earlier, or demons, or, you know, vampires. I think it, it's just all different labels to describe what's functionally the same thing. Yeah, yeah they're very true. Just different versions of it. Okay. Well, Adam, give us your website one more time, and uh, we'll look forward to the film. Um, you can uh, check out, uh, it's www.themaninthashadows.ca, and... Um, we will. Uh, I'll have uh, links to uh, where it's available uh, very shortly. But uh, for now, you, uh, people can check out the trailer. They can find a little bit of information about the director and the cast and, and everything. And uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh, I I really hope people check it out. Uh, yeah, well, uh, we'll put well, the really links on our site, and, and when the film itself is up, uh, send it to us, and we'll, we'll put the link on our on both our websites as well. Well, thanks for a great conversation. We'll talk Indeed. to you soon. Thank you. And we'll stay in touch on this <clears throat> this Pennsylvania case. Okay, yeah, that'd right. be great. All right, thanks, Adam. Okay, folks, time for announcements. So it's only a few days away. That's uh, this Friday and Saturday, October 7th and 8th. We're back at the Greater New England UFO Conference at City Hall in Lemonster, Massachusetts. Along with ourselves, speakers will include the great Nick Redfern, Mark D'Antonio, uh, Bill Hall, Ronnie LeBlanc, Bill, Pelle- or Bill Penning, and uh, a visit by Travis Walton will be happening as well. And the subject of the 1993 fe- uh, feature film Fire in the Sky, which actually had Christopher Walken in it. Yeah, that's right. He didn't play, he didn't play Travis, though. No, he did not. Uh, D.B. Sweeney played, played Travis. Oh, that's right. 
Sorry. Yeah. I'm getting anyway, really uh, confused. <laughs> no, sorry, but but Travis is um, is the actual guy to whom this this thing happened. Yes. So two weeks from today, on Sunday, October sixteenth, join us at Roger Williams Park in Providence, Rhode Island, for the Taking Steps for Crohn's and Colitis Charity Walk. We'll broadcast live from the event at noon with paranormal investigator Shane Searway, author William J. Hall, and who knows who else might turn up to join us and the rest of the team behind the paranormal team. <laughs> Uh, or to just don't donate, see the link at BehindTheParanormal.com. Uh, just scroll down a little bit and you'll see a big picture of us at the previous walk and click that and you'll get to the site where you can join us. Uh, the walk is 2 to 3 miles and begins at 10 a.m. Listen for the promotional spots here on ON 1240 as the date approaches. And Ben, before we forget, tell us about the YouTube doings that we're working on. Oh, yes, yes. We are indeed uh, working on content for our YouTube channel that's uh, in the process of being built. Uh, today we're going to be doing some more filming, and hopefully by the uh, end of next week. I said that, that I said that last time, but we ran into a couple of issues, uh, technical issues that we weren't able to get around. So we decided that uh, retreat was the better part of victory, and uh, we are going to we gathered ourselves up and we're ready to shoot this for the rest of the day today, and we will hopefully have some content for you by the next weekend. Cool. All right, on Tuesday, October 18th, I'll be the speaker at the monthly MUFON event in the Philadelphia area. That's the Mutual UFO Network, very credible organization. Uh, my subject will be strange connections, UFOs, cryptids, and ghosts, much along the line of the connections that uh, Adam Tomlinson and, and that we were talking about earlier this hour. Uh, that will be 6.30 p.m. at Tredefern Public Library on Upper Gulf Road in Wayne, Pennsylvania. Uh, MainlineUFO.com for details on that. Then on Friday evening, October 21st at 7 p.m., Ben and I will present our program, What's Really Behind the Paranormal, at the Enchanted Cafe, 7484 South Broadway, Red Hook, New York. And you can see theenchantedcafe.com for information on that when it's available. And you can find out about the show, our public appearances, and more at BehindTheParanormal.com, where you will find nearly 700 free recorded shows from both ON 1240 here and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. And our forthcoming book, Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, is available for pre-order on Amazon.com, and the book is slated for release by Schiffer Books in late January and uh, will be in bookstores around the world. There will be a release party and book signing probably here in our listening area, but we will let you know about that. And what do we have next week, Ben? So next week we have, uh, that is October 9th, we'll welcome back, or, or well, actually we'll just welcome the author, broadcaster, and assessment specialist in psychotronic warfare, uh, Solaris Blue Raven, for a discussion of attempts to uh, militarize the paranormal. And that'll be a, a quick show, be, well it'll be an hour show, but we'll be in the midst of uh, the station's Autumn Fest uh, coverage here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. So anyway, we'll leave you this afternoon with a thought from none other than the Dalai Lama. If you think you are too small to make a difference, try sleeping with a mosquito. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on a great cosmic journey. And we shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.